Welcome to Defiant Health Radio, a place where you can count on hearing about the truth in health, uncolored by interests of big pharma, the generally misplaced motivations of healthcare and doctors, just ideas and strategies that work safely, effectively, and inexpensively. I'm your host, Dr. William Davis, cardiologist and author of the Wheat Belly and Undoctored Books, and now my newest book, Super Gut, a book that gives you a blueprint on rebuilding a healthy microbiome to take back control over weight, health, and aging. In this episode of Defiant Health, I talk about what steps you can take if you believe you have or have been found to have SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Go online and you will find that there is no shortage of advice on how to deal with this common problem that I believe is now at epidemic level. So let's consider the choices, what evidence there is for each, and whether any of these choices is advisable for you to pursue. Later in the podcast, let's talk about Defiant Health's sponsor, Paleo Valley, their fermented grass-fed beef sticks, bone broth protein rich in collagen, organic super greens, and low-carb superfood bars have along the cleanest ingredient lists in the industry. And of course, they are delicious. So let's talk about what you should do if you think you have SIBO because you have symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome, or you have a condition like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease or celiac disease that is typically accompanied by SIBO, or you see one of the telltale signs I talk about, like signs of fat malabsorption, seeing fat droplets in the toilet or staining of the toilet where the water meets the porcelain, or you have other conditions that are virtually synonymous with SIBO, especially fibromyalgia or restless leg syndrome, or you have an autoimmune condition or a neurodegenerative disorder. These are all highly associated with this problem called SIBO. Now, if you're new to this conversation, I urge you to take a look at my blog, the Dr. Davis, drdavisinfinitehealth.com blog, and there's a number of posts about SIBO, how to recognize it, what it means, the implications for your health, and of course, a very detailed explanation uh, and full description in my new super gut book. Let's review for a moment what SIBO means for those of you who are not familiar. Just as the name of this condition suggests, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It means that bacteria have ascended up from the colon, the large bowel way down the GI tract, where bacteria are supposed to be concentrated, but these species have then ascended up into the small bowel, the 24 feet of small bowel, the ileum, then the jejunum, duodenum, and stomach. So this all happens because of the many factors uh, and that in combination have changed the intestinal microbiome, the composition of microbes in the human GI tract. So this includes antibiotics, to which we've been wildly overexposed, herbicides, pesticides, and food, glyphosate, which is an herbicide but also an antibiotic, food additives, especially emulsifying agents and synthetic sweeteners like aspartame, other drugs like stomach acid blocking drugs, antidepressants, anti-inflammatory drugs, in other words, we are exposed virtually every day to factors that disrupt the human microbiome. As a result, we've lost many important species. That's why I talk about really interesting microbes like Lactobacillus roteri and Lactobacillus gasseri and Bifidobacterium infantis. These are examples of keystone species, that is, species that are so important for your health as well as for the populations of microbes. Uh, their restoration brings back many other microbes with them. So we've lost many important species, and in their place, 
unhealthy, mostly colon or stool species have proliferated. These are creatures like E. coli and Klebsiella and Salmonella. They've proliferated and then ascended up uh, the additional 24 feet of GI tract, adding up to 30 feet of GI tract filled with unhealthy microbes. Now, the story does not stop there because 30 feet of trillions of microbes that are turning over rapidly, they only live for a few hours or days, not for decades, where they live and die very rapidly. And when they die, their breakdown products, some of it enters the bloodstream. This is a very critical process to know about called endotoxemia. And all that means is microbes living in the human gastrointestinal tract are able to export their effects to other parts of the body. You can therefore experience endotoxemia from SIBO as a skin condition like eczema or rosacea or seborrhea or psoriasis as a brain condition such as migraine headaches, depression, Alzheimer's dementia, Parkinson's disease, or as a joint or muscle process such as fibromyalgia or rheumatoid arthritis. In other words, so many modern common conditions need to be re-examined in light of this new, this relatively new finding that SIBO and endotoxemia can worsen or even initiate numerous common chronic conditions. Now, some of you may even have had the presence of SIBO validated. That can be done in a clinic or doctor's office with various forms of breath testing for gases such as hydrogen gas and methane. Or maybe you have the new AIR, A-I-R-E device that I've been talking a lot about from the company Food Marble. And by the way, I have no relationship with that company. This is just a cool device that I know the inventor now, Dr. Angus Short from Dublin, Ireland. And this device allows you to test for hydrogen gas and methane in the comfort of your own home using a very, very nice device that talks to your smartphone or the newest version actually gives you a reading uh, right there without the phone. So let's start with the idea that you have SIBO and want to know what the next steps are. Well, there's several choices. Just for the sake of completeness, I'll mention what's called an elemental diet. I would not advise you to do this because I believe it's harmful, though occasionally it is necessary. All that means is people are taking off all foods except for a synthetic liquid food that contains what are presumed to be necessary nutrients. Now, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. It does not contain all the necessary nutrients that you need. It lacks many things, and uh, it also lacks prebiotic fibers and other nutrients that nourish microbes. So, in effect, you're starving your, your microbes, which is not a good idea, because when you do that, unhealthy microbial species come to the front and proliferate, and bad things can happen. This leads long-term to disrupted microbiome, loss of healthy species, loss of important species, and proliferation of species that really should not proliferate. And you can even get colitis, intestinal inflammation, and it causes an increase in endotoxemia. So while you can use an elemental diet to subdue many of the symptoms of SIBO, such as gas, bloating, and diarrhea, it does not fix the problem. It's just a temporary band-aid for a microbiome gone out of control. So I mentioned it, but I would not advise you to do that. The Defiant Health Podcast is sponsored by Paleo Valley, makers of delicious grass-fed beef sticks, healthy snack bars, and other terrific products. We are very picky around here and insist that any product we consider has no junk ingredients like maltodextrin, carrageenan, carboxymethylcellulose, sucralose, and of course, no added sugars. And all Paleo Valley products contain no gluten nor grains. 
In fact, I find Paleo Valley products among the cleanest of any in their category, and they're truly delicious. One of the habits I urge everyone to get into is to include a fermented food product at least once, if not several times per day in their lifestyles. Unlike nearly all other beef sticks available, Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks are all naturally fermented, meaning they contain probiotic bacterial species. And if like most people, you don't have the time to make batches of bone broths or soups every week or every day, Paleo Valley has an excellent grass-fed bone broth protein powder that packs 15 grams of collagen per scoop for skin and joint health while providing the health benefits of bone broth. Shipping is free for orders of $75 or more. For more information or to order, go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. Enter the discount code DEFIANT, not case sensitive, for a 15% discount to Defiant Health listeners. The web address is also listed in the Defiant Health show notes that accompany this podcast. And be sure to take a look at their other products, such as their organic super greens, rich with phytonutrients, and their super food bars that come in dark chocolate chip, apple cinnamon, and lemon meringue. They're low carb, of course, with 8 grams net carbs per bar. Another choice is to see a doctor, and the doctor, either a primary care doctor or gastroenterologist, will prescribe the prescription drug Rifaximin or Zyfaxin. This is a drug that tends to stay in the GI tract, is not absorbed into the rest of the body, and it has an, a success rate of somewhere around 40 to 60%. The downside of this is that the doctor typically hands you this prescription, doesn't tell you how you got SIBO, doesn't tell you how to increase the success of its treatment, and there's many things you can do to increase efficacy, and doesn't say anything about how to prevent recurrences because recurrences are the rule in SIBO. So while it does work sometimes, it doesn't come as a whole package of solutions. It's a very partial solution, and it's not covered by insurance, and it's very expensive. There are also herbal antibiotics to choose from. Now, I was very skeptical at first that herbal antibiotics were a viable choice, because these are antibiotics that are concocted in a very haphazard way. For instance, they'll add, say, oil of oregano because it has effects against these species. They'll add something else because it has effects against those species and just put them together. Well, you really can't concoct antibiotics that way without formal testing, but nonetheless, so it, was, it came as a surprise when a group at Johns Hopkins compared rifaximin, the conventional antibiotic for SIBO, against two herbal antibiotic regimens. One is the candibactin AR-BR regimen, and the other is FCCidal and dysbiocide. Now, I'll, I'll put these names down in the show notes, but I would urge not to do this on your own. Uh, you ought to have a little bit of supervision. It doesn't have to be necessarily the doctor, but I would urge you to at least participate in conversations with other people who are doing this because there's many other things to consider, such as adding other factors to increase efficacy, such as biofilm disruptors, prebiotic fibers. Uh, by the way, if you're interested in a full program on how to use the herbal antibiotics, uh, that's all outlined in the Super Gut book. But those are the only two herbal antibiotic regimens that have been shown at least have some evidence for efficacy. There are numerous other choices you can find on Amazon and other online sources that don't have 
proven efficacy. So I would not urge you to try those. You want to try something that at least has some track record of success. And those two uh, not only have been shown to be efficacious compared to Rifaxman, they actually outperformed Rifaxman modestly. And they took the Rifaxman failures in that study and they responded to one or the other herbal antibiotic regimen. I'd like to add another possibility, however. Now, this is based on preliminary evidence in my experience, but if you took a conventional probiotic for SIBO, would your SIBO go away? No, more than likely it would not. But that should come as no surprise because commercial probiotics are, kind of like the herbal antibiotics, are haphazard slapdash concoctions. That is, a bunch of species are thrown together without regard for collaborative effects among various species, without including keystone species. There's a lot of factors not put into creating a commercial probiotic. So I asked some different questions. What if we chose species, probiotic species, that colonize the upper GI tract? Because that's where SIBO occurs, right? Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So let's choose species that take up residence in the upper GI tract. Let's also choose species that produce what are called bactericins. Bactericins are natural antibiotics produced by some species of microbes that are effective against the species of SIBO. So I chose three. I chose a strain of Lactobacillus gasseri, two strains of Lactobacillus rotori, and a strain of Bacillus coagulans. Now, we co-ferment them as yogurt, so those of you following my conversations know that what I call yogurt when we ferment these unique microbes is nothing like the yogurt you get in the store. For one, store yogurt is started with microbes that are not very interesting, like Lactobacillus bulgaricus, Streptococcus thermophilus, and Lactobacillus acidophilus. They don't really accomplish all that much. They're a little bit helpful, but not very much. And the fermentation time used, that is the amount of time allowed for bacteria to double, one becomes two, two becomes four, is typically only four hours in commercial yogurt making. After all, they're mindful of production times, and the shorter the production time, the more they can produce. We ferment for 36 hours, much longer. It allows the bacterial species to double 12 times or more depending on how long it takes to double for each species. And we get hundreds of billions of microbes. So we make a yogurt using prolonged fermentation and combine the three species of bacteria, and we consume a half cup per day. This is preliminary, and this is anecdotal. It's not a formal clinical trial. But so far, about 90% of people have converted to negative SIBO, as gauged by the air device, that is normalization of hydrogen gas. High levels typically like 9.8 or 10 on a 0 to 10 scale, drop to 1.2, 1.4 after four weeks of the yogurt. Now, if, if this interests you, there's a little bit much to tell you in a podcast. I urge you to take a look at my super gut book that tells you how to use, how to make the yogurt, what I call SIBO yogurt, uh, where to get the microbes, the process of fermentation we use. It also tells you if you want to use the herbal antibiotics, how to use them, where to find them. Also, things you can add to increase efficacy of any of these choices, such as biofilm disruptors like N-acetylcysteine, when to add prebiotic fibers, and very importantly, what steps you can take to prevent recurrences. You know, after you've had a successful round of eradicating SIBO, maybe your fibromyalgia is much better, your rosacea is receding, your mood is much better, you're no longer depressed, all kinds of great stuff happens when you eradicate SIBO. 
the last thing you want is a recurrence three months, six months later. And the recurrence can take on different symptoms because if the SIBO returns, maybe a different collection of microbes now colonize the upper GI tract. So you want to add strategies that prevent recurrences of SIBO once you've eradicated it. And of course, consider getting the air device from Food Marble because that will tell you. So let's say your original symptoms of SIBO were gas, bloating, and skin rash but the recurrence six months later is a panic attack or anxiety or depression. Well, is that SIBO or is it not? Is it something else? Well, you can tell right away in the comfort of your kitchen or living room with the air device. Now, if you learned something from my my Define Health podcast, please subscribe, post a review, tell your friends. Thanks for listening. 